Welcome to the Ephesians 3 podcast. Here you can listen to the student talks given at Ephesians 3, a weekly fellowship where students at Newman Parish in Columbia, Missouri, speak on topics of faith and experience fellowship and life-giving community. Based on the passage of Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 through 19, the ministry seeks to lead students deeper in the Catholic faith through community, conversation, and prayer. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode. And I'm going to start by telling a story about something really weird I did as a kid. So when I was a kid, well, and now, my mom's a kindergarten teacher, and she had a lot of extra dum-dum suckers. And one day I just, I don't know what I was doing, but I just put them in a cup of water and just like let them dissolve. And I came back to it a couple hours later and drank it. And I realized that I stumbled upon a culinary masterpiece. So I would call these dum-dum drinks, and I would drink them literally all the time. Like, I would make, I was serious about it, recipe cards. Like, the best one, Blue Blast, three cotton candy, and two of, like, the blueberry ones. So good. But I would, like, stir them up. I'd let them sit. I'd wait for, like, little paper to rise, and usually they'd just, like, get in there, but it kind of added to the texture. Or usually I'd just be impatient and reach my hand in, but I felt like the cup too high, and it's overflowing. Anyway, I had these all the time, and I had like spoonfuls of sugar, and so I was like, oh my gosh, this is literally giving me superpowers, but really just me doing like laughs in my house. <laughs> anyway, the main point of this is whenever I did these, I would always do them with my friend Claire, and I like thought they were the best thing ever, and she supported me in that. I'm not sure why, but she did. <laughs> and later when we got to high school, we did it again with our friend Emma. We were like, you know, maybe we were on to something. And I was like, no, you're not. And she was right. It was terrible. It's like what a butterfly would drink. It's just sugar water. <laughs> the point of this story is that as weird as it was, it allowed me to grow in my friendship with my friend Claire. And we're still best friends to this day. So today I'm going to be talking about maintaining relationships. And I feel crazy. Uh, maintaining relationships and how we can use what we learn from our human friendships and apply it to our relationship with God. So a little background about me. I'm a sophomore at Mizzou. I'm undecided turned biochem, turned speech path major. So I'm a cradle Catholic from St. Louis. Family's Catholic, two younger brothers. I went to a Catholic grade school and a Catholic high school, and I have always desired friendships. When I first started high school, I joined everything, like actually everything. I joined every single club and only ended up quitting one. Sorry, robotics. But every other one, I stayed on till the very end. And doing that, I was like super busy, like all the time, like meetings before school, during school, during lunch with the teacher moderators. Only sometimes I did have friends at lunch too. And then <laughs> after school, like it was just constant. But I was also really happy because I got to meet a lot of really great people in a lot of different environments and circles that I probably would not have had the chance to otherwise. And through this, I've come to care a lot about my friends. I'm super extroverted and I love talking to and hanging out with people. And when I started thinking about the transition to college, I thought more about the depth and sustainability of these relationships. How do I stay connected to these people that I've like grown up with, even if I'm far away here at college? College is a lot of like uprooting of everything you know. Every single thing changes. Who you live with, where you live, who, like, who you see on a daily basis, every single thing. Every single relationship that you have changes. And the only relationship that stays the same is your relationship with Christ. The same Jesus that died and rose for us 2,000 years ago is the same Jesus that is in my home parish, 
and the same Jesus that is here at the Newman Center, and the same Jesus that will be wherever you go in the future. A way that I have stayed connected uh, to my friends back home is by calling them often. Anyone knows that when they see me, I am literally always walking on the phone and talking, whether it's in between class, before class, like super late at night, whatever it is, if I'm on the move, I'm on my phone. Not in like a text, like screenager kind of way, but like I'm talking on the phone. But this has allowed me to stay involved in my friends' lives so that when we meet up, we don't have to catch up because we already know what's going on. We also do like photo dumps as a way to check in on each other, which is really fun. But it's important to like stay consistent in um, keeping up with people so that when we're like seeing someone, it's not always, it doesn't always have to be like this big, oh, here's everything that's happened. But like you're consistent and meeting with them often so that we're able to like have a lot of moments instead of just like a couple big ones. When looking at relationships, let's start at the beginning. So in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. We also see in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. From these two lines, we learn a lot about the human condition and how that relates to God. God is Trinitarian, three persons in one God, and we're made in his image and likeness. Therefore, by our nature and design, we are made to live in community. We are created to have loving relationships with one another. But what does that actually look like? How much friendship are we made for? One way that we can start to look at this is through virtue. There are a lot of definitions for virtue, but the one we're going to be looking at today is from Aristotle. Aristotle said that virtue is moderation, and he called it the mean between extremes. We can see this in many ways, especially in the ways that we traditionally think about our virtues. For example, fortitude. If we have too much or excess fortitude, then we're just kind of being stupid. It's like, hey, I'm gonna like go cliff jumping without a harness because I'm super strong. And that's like too much fortitude. Like that's just like dumb. <laughs> and not enough is deficiency or like being cowardly. Like, oh, I'm not gonna do that just because I, I don't want to, I'm kind of scared. So I'm just like gonna sit and do nothing. And that's not good either. Virtue is that space in the middle. And when we think about friendships, it should kind of be the same way. We don't want to be deficient in our friendship and end up in a state of isolation. If we cut ourselves off and convince ourselves, oh, I like, don't need friends, I'm fine on my own, I can do everything just me, then we ultimately like, won't be happy. There's kind of this trend nowadays, and excuse me for sounding like a little grandma, but on social media, um, people are like talking about being the main character of their lives. And this isn't inherently a bad thing, but I've noticed that it like too often leads to a pattern of just being like self-absorbed and only doing things. Well, this is what I want to do, so I'm going to do it. But I think it's important to remember that like a main character still needs side characters, and they should be good quality. On the flip side of this, and the one that I find myself falling into when it comes to friendship is overextension. We can only be in a relationship with a certain amount of people at a time. And if we spread ourselves too thin, then our friendships are not all built on real deep connections. As someone who is very social, it's hard for me to accept that I, as a human, have limits. I just want to be best friends with everybody all the time and hang out with people, and like that's all I want to do. But I do recognize that our time is limited, and we're going to have different levels of intimacy with different people, and that is not a bad thing. But since we know that we are limited, we should be making friendships that we do have, and we should make sure that they count. We can see a biblical example of this through Jesus' inner circle. Jesus had like 72 like main disciples like, yeah, we're here with you. They're like following him throughout his ministry. And then he had his 12 apostles, which was like his friend group that followed him even closer. But even closer than that, he had his inner circle, which was Peter, James, and John, who were there during his biggest moments in ministry. 
They were there for the transfiguration, when he raised a child from the dead, and at one of his hardest moments, waiting in the garden. He called upon those who he was closest to. And they really dropped the ball, but that's a story for another time. <laughs> the important thing is, Jesus had an inner circle. He had 12 disciples, but he had closer relationships with three of them. We cannot be best friends with everybody, as much as I hate to admit it. Our relationships have different levels of intimacy, and that is okay. This actually coincides with this thing called Dunbar's number, and he's like a researcher who developed this idea that as people, we have like a certain amount of relationships that we can have. We can have five super close, like these are my bestie days, we're here till the end, 15 close friends, 35 friends, 150 meaningful contacts, 500 acquaintances, and 1,500 just like name to face, like I recognize you, like you're a celebrity, I'd see you on the street, but like that's all I know about you. When we're trying to maintain close friendships, there are three main things that are necessary for that. A good foundation, time and effort, and meeting face to face. We'll start with a good foundation. When we're building a friendship, our foundation is only as deep as the foundation it's built on. If I know somebody in my math class and all we talk about is math, when that class is over, so is our friendship. If I'm on a sports team with someone, we spend more time together, and the time is more quality because you're not just like sitting there pretending to pay attention, you're actually like interacting and talking with each other. But if this friendship does not expand beyond the sport, then the friendship will die when the context is removed. There's a quote from Jeanette McCurdy's book, and it says, I don't like knowing people in the context of things. Oh, that's the person I work out with. That's the person I'm in a book club with. That's the person I did that show with. Because once the context ends, so does the friendship. An example of my own life of this is my prop crew group versus my prom group. When I was in high school, I was on prop crew, and I absolutely loved it. I like led it my last two years. I thought it was super fun, and I'm very glad that I did it. I had a lot of like great experiences and a lot of great memories. But when I think back about the people in that group, like, I'm really only close with one of them because we did extra things. Like, we went to concerts together, and we hung out outside of, like, just, like, the theater season. But in contrast, my prom group, like, we met up, like, once before prom. I had never met these people. It was just kind of like, oh, okay. And after the prom, like, we all had a lot of fun, but we made the conscious effort where, like, we want to keep these relationships up. So, like, we get dinner often, or we'll go to parks and stuff over the summer, and we still, like, meet up over breaks. But we had to make the conscious decision to like keep up that relationship and make the foundation go deeper than just like prom. It's like, no, it's our common interest and like we want to hang out and all of those kind of things. The friends that I've made here in college and in my high school youth group are my closest friends. We pray for each other and care for each other in a way that is deep and profound. An example of this is I have been on my fair share of intramural teams and my friends are always there supporting me and they'll join my teams, even though we're getting mercy like every game. <laughs> they are always there to watch, even if we get out of playoffs. Every time they're there. And we also like give it back to, like we go to each other's concerts, all these things. And I just feel really like supported and loved because our relationship and our foundation is so deep because it is the relationship that we have because of our common interest of getting to heaven. When we have relationships built on the foundation of getting to heaven, they are sure to last a lifetime. The second thing required for a relationship is effort. This can look different, but the overall basis is the same. Effort is required to maintain friendships. An example of when I showed effort is my friend, Mary Grace Santali. She's amazing and awesome. She did a missionary um, thing over the summer. So she was gone for three months and our time only overlapped for like a week. And I was like, okay, well, dibs on one of the days. So 
I did this thing over the summer where I would kidnap people and I would like say, okay, from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., you're mine. Like I'm not gonna tell you what we're gonna do. We're gonna get in my car and it's gonna be awesome. And it was it was really awesome. We woke up at like 6:45. We went to the St. Francis de Sales Oratory where we had Latin Mass. I've been in four times, but that is like irrelevant. <laughs> and then we like went to Waterloo and did this like it was like a school kids project, and they had their papers on the wall, and they all sucked, but it was so funny. And then we went to like a literal fort, and then we did a Popeye character trail, like all the character statues of Popeye. We like visited every single one. It took me an hour and a half. It was insane. But it was so fun. We went to this place called the Little Grand Canyon, not the Grand Canyon, the Little Grand Canyon. And then we like did this hike, went to a miraculous metal shrine, and then we ended it at a Cracker Barrel because that's where we always like went after our pro-life march like bus trips. And it was a really like awesome day. And I'm so glad that we had that time together. And it was a really great way for us to kind of like keep up our relationship, even though we're not seeing each other like all the time. She also is now doing a full mission year, so I only have one more chance to see her during Labor Day weekend. So we both met up at 5.45 a.m. on Sunday, so we could go on a walk, and I got to ride on the skateboard, and it was so cool, and I'm really bad at it, but it was really fun. <laughs> but the whole point of that is that I built that like day and time for my friend, and we should be doing the same with God. Now, like what that looks like for me in college is I will build my class schedule, when possible, around the new mass here at the Newman Center, and I will build it like my night schedule around power hour for adoration or Ephesians 3, shameless plug. And I will do things like service um, so that I can see God in those ways and build my life around him still. Instead of him just getting the scraps of our time, you should get like everything, even the scraps. Lastly, the thing that is important is face-to-face -face contact. In 2 John 1.12, it says, I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face-to-face -face so that our joy may be complete. When we meet with someone face-to-face, -face, we're able to grow and bond with these people in a unique way. I feel like social media, again, grandma moment, has kind of tricked us into thinking that we're close with a lot of people because we see the things that they choose to display on our feed. But a real relationship requires like sharing something more. If we only see the things that people want us to see, then we don't really know who they are. According to William Hartup, a researcher who studied peer relations and friendship for over 30 years, states that intimacy and friendship is characterized by self-disclosure and sharing of private thoughts. And that just like does not happen through social media because it's not private thoughts. It's like here, anyone can see this. But the real intimacy is what happens through time. To quote my friend Jack, time equals intimacy. And it's important to remember that we need to spend time with the people that we care about. There's a statistic that says it takes roughly 200 hours to become best friends with someone. And while you can't necessarily like quantify a relationship, it's increasingly clear that time is a very important factor, especially quality time. It takes a lot of time to get to a deep level of intimacy with friends, so it's important that we make efforts to maintain our relationships with the friends that we do have, even when there are big changes like going to college or going on a mission trip for a full year, which is so awesome. I'm so happy for her, but also I miss her, but it's great. It's also important to note that there's a difference between time and quality time. When a moment is quality time, it requires the other person's undivided attention. A personal rule that I set for myself is that I do not go on my phone when I'm in a car. Obviously not when I'm driving, but um, also when other people are driving me. We don't realize, like, I say this all the time, the phrase screenagers, but it's actually, like, so true in kind of a scary way. But we're so, like, naturally inclined to, like, grab our phone. Like, if the week's line is a little too long, I'm just, like, on it. I'm like, what am I doing? But just, like, seeing how quickly we resort to, like, getting our phones is crazy. I was a middle school minister over the summer, and we have this box, and it just says, 
hang up and hang out. And we made all the kids put like their phone in there. And it was crazy like how hard it was for people to do that. Even me, I was just like, dang, I need to like get off this thing. So quality time is like a really important factor in our relationships. And it's important that we like devote time and making sure that that time is worthwhile. Quality time is also important with God as well. When I went on spring retreat my junior year of high school, we had this adoration experience and it was so awesome. It like changed the way that I like thought about life basically. But I was just kind of like sitting there and I was thinking and praying and I pictured myself going through my day. Like I pictured myself waking up and I was just like, wow, all right, time to like, I was like, I have school today. Like I was just, a normal day in high school, I was just like, oh my gosh, I have school today. Oh my gosh, I have to do this homework. Oh my gosh, I have to do this. And I pictured God like through there being like, God being like, Olivia, look, I gave you another day. Like, are you going to like say something like, here, like, here's your loving family. Like, they're right here. Like, I made this for you. Like, aren't you excited? And just like going through my whole day, like, look, this friend just greeted you at the door. Like, aren't you excited? Like, look what I'm doing for you. And I just basically go went through my entire day, just like ignoring God until the very end. And as I get into bed, I like go, God, thanks for this day. And then I'm out. And I was just like, <laughs> which is what my prayer life looked like at the time. I was just like, looking at that, I was like, wow, God is so present in my life. And like, he was so excited when I like spoke to him even for 30 seconds, but it's like, and he doesn't love us any less, but it's just like, wow, God is always there for us. And he always is like trying to reach out and say something to us. So it's important for us to kind of put away the distractions and remember to focus on God. A good time specifically to do this, do this is when we go to mass. We should be trying to give our best and undivided attention, and we should be making an effort to go to the sacraments often, even though it is definitely not easy, especially sometimes in Mass. I am definitely a victim of holy head nodding, but <laughs> it's something that is really important. So now that we know that like, quality time is super important, what does this quality time actually do for us? We become like the five people we spend the most time with, in the words of motivational speaker Jim Rohn. So if the people that we spend time with shape who we are, then it's obviously like important for those people to be good people. In my own life, I've definitely seen it happen. When someone asked me for the time, I would say, oh, it's half past a freckle, because I have a freckle in the same spot a watch would go, and my friend Mary Grace always says that when I ask her. When I hear an ambulance, I always cross my fingers and say a Hail Mary, because one time when I was in art class, this kid, like, there's an ambulance passing by, and he's just crossing his fingers, and then my art teacher goes, oh, we should pray a Hail Mary, too. So now whenever that happens, I always do both. When someone's having a bad day, I like to pick up, like, a little sweet treat and, like, pick me up, because my mom always did that for me. Like, I'd come home, and there'd just be, like, on socks on my bed, and I'd be like, oh. So it didn't really make my day. And whenever I start a prayer, I usually start it with, come Holy Spirit, teach us how to pray, because my youth minister, Caitlin, always started it that way, and I was like, wow, I should be more aware of the Holy Spirit. So that has helped me in my prayer as well. We are a mosaic of all the people that we interact with. And it's up to us to determine how big like each piece of glass or influence is in our lives. If the people we choose are that important that they're shaping who we are, then one of the people that we spend the most time with should be God. We should be making our mosaic a stained glass window. Jesus should be the biggest piece. If we spend time with God in prayer, we are able to pick up his habits. When someone is being rude to us, we can turn the other cheek because that's what Jesus would do. We can pick up his patience in difficult situations. When we're feeling stressed or anxious, we can pray because that is what Jesus did as he faced the most stressful thing imaginable, his death on a cross. If we spend time with God, we will become more like God and pick up godly habits. 
To pick up these habits and to grow in his grace, we need to know God. I have gone on my fair share of student film retreats. That's like this Mid-America conference. All these high schoolers who love God just go to this college campus and sleep in dorms. And that part's kind of crazy, but it's super fun. And while I was there, one of the speakers was talking. And he was like, if I stood on the stage of this auditorium filled with 5,000 people, and I'm blindfolded, and they all came up to me and just said, like, the word hello, I could pick my wife's voice out of the crowd because I know her so well. Do we know God enough to pick out his voice? In the world today, like, the crowds are all around us. Like, we can't really avoid them or turn them off. But we need to be able to know God to pick out his voice and seek out that time with him so that we're able to find him more clearly. In a similar way, as that was ended, uh, think of how you describe your friends. If someone that doesn't know, my best friend Claire, was asked to describe her, she would probably say, oh yeah, like she's nice and funny. But if I were to describe my best friend Claire, I would say, oh, she's someone that falls asleep with her shoes on as her feet hang off the bed. I would also say that she's someone uh, that will choke down dum dum drinks because you thought they were a good idea as a kid, and even though they're sugar water and terrible, she will do it every time just because she cares about you. She will drive you to the store for the third time that week, or pick up Use Next Day because you didn't believe that Target sold it. They do. <laughs> I would also say that Claire is someone that has supported me consistently through my entire life, and someone that I could not be more grateful for and proud of. Do we just know that God is good, or do we know the depths of his goodness? Could we describe God like our best friend? Today, I encourage you to spend time with God like a friend. He loves us and desires a relationship with us, but that's not possible unless we put in effort and desire to see him. We should be making an effort to see him in adoration and going to see him in the sacraments. To maintain a relationship, whether it's here on earth or with God, we need a good foundation to put in time and effort, and we need to put emphasis on meeting face to face. Thank you. Thank you.